Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. How you feeling, Marshall? I'm okay. I you got up? coffee. Okay. Okay. That's a great segue. Thanks. Right before we started, I realized I didn't bring a coffee down. And so I ran up to get the fresh pot we made this morning, and I got trickles. Marshall, <laughs> Morton, it's time for an intervention. <laughs> In my defense, your a cup public, is... A public intervention between you and coffee. <laughs> oh. In my defense, your cup is twice the size of mine. In my defense, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Tim. I drink too much coffee. It's okay. <laughs> Today's going to be a doozy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) We might be here for an hour. Oh, no. I hope not. We'll see. We'll see. You hope not. Why not? Don't you love this? Isn't this your favorite part of the week? I mean, I do enjoy it, but spending an hour talking about this seems a little... Yeah, I'm a little bit hungry, actually. All right. Question of the day. What happens after death to those not united to Christ by faith? Mm. It's a worthwhile question. It is. It is the doctrine of hell question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francis Chan wrote a book on this called Erasing Hell mm-hmm. uh, that is very specifically a statement to Rob Bell's Love Wins, which is a proponent of universalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but he opens that by saying no one enjoys the doctrine of hell and if you do you don't fully grasp it yeah because it is an awful thing i think that is such a sobering reminder and starter point Mm -hmm. and he addresses it by talking about his grandmother being unconscious in a hospital and him pleading with her to believe Mm. and how much that affected him as a young man and saying don't ever get comfortable with the doctrine of hell because it is the tragedy above all tragedies Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to bring that sort of sober feeling from the very beginning because it is an it is an awful thing Mm. agreed yeah are you having a good day, folks? We're going to yeah. end that. <laughs> right. So thanks for listening. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. this is going to be tricky. We Normally, we have a nice, clean how if people answer this, what's the right answer? I have no clue how this episode's going to go. It's going to be the ultimate wing it. Although, I got notes. I got I, notes all over the place. I got notes. Uh, So, what are some ways that people have answered this? Let's go back. A long time ago, Tim. Let's do. To the Sadducees mm-hmm. who didn't believe in a resurrection and that made them sad, you see? I know. The only thing worse than a lame dad joke is a lame pastor joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm tr- I can't remember the Pharisee one, but that's okay. Um, yeah, there is like, there's some evidence that they might have believed in some kind of like existing through your descendants 
in the nation of Israel type of thing, but but a bodily resurrection was was not their jam. So that was the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is just naturalism. You're here and then you're not. Yeah. You weren't before, you aren't after. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned the Universalists. We talked a fair amount about it. The last couple of weeks has been mentioned, actually, and you already mentioned uh, Rob Bell uh, in our opening. But the, the idea that essentially all people are reconciled to God, everyone experiences eternal life with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some variations that are like, eh, maybe there's like a, like a a very light punishment for sin, but then they end up coming to heaven. It's like some right. kind of like, almost like purgatory kind of. Um, very much like purgatory. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess brings us to the Roman Catholic view, mm-hmm. which includes purgatory. Right. If you get an F in life, you don't get purgatory. No. You just go straight to heaven. But if you get like a C minus. Right. We can work on this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so that's, that's what purgatory is. So it's sort of like after the test, you get to go back and fix some of your answers, assuming you did okay. Yeah. Like in my research, like the way it was described, is a place of temporary punishment where those who die in a state of grace uh, are made ready for heaven is kind of the mm-hmm. a state of grace, but not not perfect grace, I guess. I don't know. Right. It's one it's one of these complicated things. We've talked about this before, like which sins impact that state of grace and yeah. what means can you rectify them in this life to avoid purgatory. Um anyways. So that's that's the Roman Catholic view. Um there's one other one, but before I get to that one, do you have any others in your list that you were thinking of? No, that's good. That's good. Yep. That's I, kind of a, a a wide range. Um then we get to something called annihilationism. Right. Annihilationism. The f- the first groups we would say are heresy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are the uh, teaching against the teaching of Scripture. Yes. Annihilationism, we're going to give a different classification. One that we've not talked about on the show before. Not, no, I don't think so. Go for it. Heterodoxy. Heterodoxy, which means? Wrong teaching. Not orthodox. Yeah, non-orthodox teaching that doesn't, that's not damnable heresy. So it's not like rejecting, getting this question wrong doesn't jeopardize your salvation. Right. Or or it doesn't, doesn't mean that your understanding of who God is, is so impaired that, um, that you can't possibly hold to the gospel teaching of the Word of God. Right. Um, and and I know that there are some people who are really concerned right now. Oh, yeah. We're not going to promote annihilationism. No. That's not the point. No. Neither of us believe it to be a reasonable biblical option. But at the same time, it we are going to acknowledge not heresy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, not not heresy. Right. Um, so it annihilationism, I would not claim as a primary, a, a a going against a primary doctrine. Certainly not. Um. And but we have to we have to explain that mm-hmm. like right now. Yeah. And I think the best way to do that is to go with what we do believe to be the case, mm-hmm. and where annihilationism sits in contrast. Sure. 
so we both hold to eternal conscious punishment. Yes. In a place called hell, mm-hmm. after the judgment, mm-hmm. eternally aware, eternally in torment. Yes. Anything you would add to that concept of eternal conscious punishment? Um, we understand that in some way that that is an existence that is apart from the grace and the peace and the joy of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so although, you know, our, our current state in this world is, um, you know, th- this world that we live in is corrupted to some degree, uh, we still experience those, those things, right? right? And God, like, God causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust. Well, God's not calling any gracious reign to fall on the unjust in hell. Right. Um, yeah, and so, so part of this is to say what we know about the eternal state is completely covered in imagery. Yes. And what degree of that imagery is literal and what degree of that imagery is figurative is, in my opinion, inconsequential. I would agree. I, I would say I would say whatever awful is to the nth degree is hell. Mm-hmm. Right? That doesn't mean that we just get to imagine like Dante. <laughs> right, we d- we don't get to just imagine and pretend all of these things. You know, oh, you know what would be even worse? And what about this? And what about this? It, it's not like that. Yeah, it, it's just to say, there is no softening of what hell is, mm. because it is the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. It is the divine, just wrath of God applied to the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And so, hell is awful. It seems to include fire. Yeah. And darkness. Mm-hmm. And the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Um, I don't have any problem believing that to be true. Yeah. I, if someone pointed, wanted to make an argument that those things are figurative, I would say, I disagree, but I don't think less of you as a brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to say those are are figurative, but it is torment Sure, to be apart from God. Uh, there are some who would say hell is the ultimate absence of God, and that in and of itself is enough. Mm-hmm. I, I think that opens some really curious questions, like the the lack of presence of an omnipresent God. Sure. Um, to which case you'd say maybe it's the lack of gracious presence. My brother and I were having this conversation just yesterday. Okay. Is it the lack of gracious presence of God? And so it's only the uh, the presence of God that is applying justice to the non-believer. Um, so then you still have an omnipresent God present in all of creation because hell is going is a created place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of questions around this. Yeah, and we have to be careful about getting too into the weeds on some of those questions yep. um, because scripture isn't abundantly clear about every aspect of what that eternal destiny looks like mm-hmm. and so yeah when we start talking about like okay well can god's presence be there and can some aspects of his presence be there while others are withheld 
is that consistent with our understanding of who God is and how he operates? Like it's, it's fun for you and I to just kind of bat back and forth a bit, but ultimately it's, it can become fruitless after, yeah, after a certain I, point. I, I think, I think the answer this week does a good job of listing those things that must be believed. Yeah. And it says at the day of judgment, they will receive the fearful but just sentence of condemnation pronounced against them. They will be cast out of the favorable presence of God. There we have the gracious presence of God versus the wrathful presence. Mm -hmm. Into hell to be justly and grievously punished forever. Forever ever? I th <laughs> forever ever? <laughs> I, think, I think everyone can sign that. I would hope so. That that is that is a good job of saying these are the conditions that must be biblically applied. Yeah. Anything outside of that, I would call questionable to the point of heresy. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with this answer. The question comes down to what does forever mean, mm. and what is eternal punishment? Right. Right. So. So the classical view, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the classical view because it's the view that most of us grew up with. Yeah. I, I can't imagine anyone growing up or spending any time in church discussing the doctrine of hell would say, whoa, whoa eternal conscious punishment. I've never heard of this concept. Explain mm -hmm. it to me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I think the lost world understands the Christian doctrine of hell pretty well. Yeah. Um, so we are going to spend more time talking about this annihilationism just because it, it is kind of a groundswell at the moment. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's it, a point of discussion. Yeah. And so their point in a lot of heresies, what happens is you find specific scriptures that they just want to reinvent mm -hmm. and say, well, that doesn't mean what it obviously says. Right. Uh, in heterodoxy, what happens is you find people that say, but is that the only reading of that passage? Right. Right? And and that's when you can have good, solid conversations. Um, now, this is not a heterodoxy without some pretty solid scholarship behind it. Mm -hmm. Definitely there are people who hold to this who have completely gone off the rails in a number of different ways. Sure. Denying the authority of Scripture and all that kind of stuff. Uh, John Stott is a firm proponent of annihilationism, uh, but an otherwise orthodox and fantastic teacher. Mm -hmm. If you've never read The Cross of Christ mm. by yes, John Stott, that's, that's great. Now, Tim, there's one thing we haven't done yet. Okay, what's that? We haven't actually defined what annihilationism oh. is. It is as it sounds, the annihilation of the soul. Mm -hmm. that it would cease to be. Which brings the question, well, how can an annihilationist hold to forever punishment? Right. And the answer would be? If something's annihilated, then it's gone forever. Yeah, there's no end to the punishment. It is forever removed. Right. Right? Um, and so they would say it doesn't mean continuing on forever but final in 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 a way that purgatory is not right. it is a once and for all statement 
of condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so they would read this and they would say, yes, it is justly and grievously punished. And that punishment has no end. Because it is a final statement. Right. And that's how they read the eternal aspects of it. Um, now, I got some, I got some questions, things that, things that aren't, like, w- we made this statement earlier. How am I going to say to John Stott, well, if you'd read your Bible, buddy, <laughs> you'd know. Right. Right? right. Uh, because he reads his Bible in multiple languages. Um, and, and I think, too, one thing that I want to stay away from, it, and, and there's a really interesting example of this, even inside the commentary section mm-hmm. on the app for, th- for this, where J.C. Ryle, whom I love and respect, sure. basically says the, the quip, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Mm. Um, in a heterodoxical argument, the person is not, it, it's not that they're using an absence of scripture. Right. It's just that they're reading it differently. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with them, but I will at least give them the respect to say that you've done that. Right. Uh, but some of the passages that cause me to say, I, I can't agree with annihilationism. Um, the first concept that comes with it is the idea of the eternality of the soul. Is yes. the soul eternal? Yeah. Does it have a beginning and an end? Most annihilationists have to come at it to say and completely no, mm-hmm. right? But there are passages in the Psalms, in Ecclesiastes, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Right. Right, which presumes that the spirit existed before the body mm-hmm. and exists afterward. Yeah. So there is this... The idea of the Sadducee, that it didn't exist before or after, is completely nullified here. Yes. At which point, your, your better scholars in annihilationism are going to become conditionalists. Yeah, so they're going to say that the eternality of the soul is conditional upon being saved. So essentially, right. salvation is the key to that eternality of the soul and if you're not saved then your soul is finite or if finite finite is the wrong word it's uh temporal right right um in the sense that like it will have an end yeah and and when when punishment is talked about in scripture it's oftentimes juxtaposed against reward yes so, for example, this is not case in one point made from one verse, but just one example. Matthew twenty five forty six mm. says, And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Right. Now, that these are side by side puts in the mind of the reader a comparison of equals. Right? Yeah, Which you is, have to interpret the word eternal the same way in both phrases. Yeah, and, and, and we would interpret the experience in the same way. Sure. To say we, under, we believe heaven to be eternal, conscious reward mm-hmm. in the presence of God. 
the gracious presence of God. And and that it's juxtaposed without any sort of disclaimer leads me to believe an eternal conscious punishment apart from the gracious presence of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and, and and to say that there's a difference between the two experiences requires an explanation that's not given. Yeah, I, I kind of think of it this way is like if if the annihilationist perspective of what judgment is like that eternal punishment is just kind of ceasing to exist, then then the opposite of that would be almost this kind of like Buddhist understanding of like becoming one with the universe and this like you're not really existing. So like where does the soul go? Yeah. Like you're just like part of the deity of the universe. Like you know what I mean? Like that's the opposite of it, right? Like if you were to juxtapose the two and say, what is the like the like you like you were saying, right? Eternal conscious reward versus eternal conscious punishment. The opposite of that being like, well, it's just this like final destruction of the soul and ceases to exist. And the opposite of that would be our souls, you know, continue on in some, you know, it's just some non-tangible, non-corporeal way. But I, I would think they would argue that it doesn't continue on mm. um, in the same way God creates from nothing. Mm. God can cause something to become nothing. Why not? Mm. Um, and we are, even in our souls, created beings. Mm-hmm. So I would say the eternality of the soul is not the same as God's eternality. No, 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 certainly not. Right? Yeah. And so at some point, he caused us to be even in that soul from nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, True. And, and so to return it to nothing, I don't believe is logically beyond the realm of Scripture or the plausibility of all things that I believe true about God. Um so, so I, I can't I can't really say that I, I believe it has to exist in some form. Mm. Um, if they want to make the argument that it could go into a non-existent state, possibly. I but I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. Right, right. And so, th- so that's what it comes down to. Like, are the argu- arguments rightly plausible? Yes. Are the arguments can the argument be s- pulled from Scripture? I I hear where you're coming from when someone says that. Do I believe that it's true? No, because I believe it's more clear to believe in eternal conscious punishment. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's a part of me that wanted to open this uh, episode to say that it's a mailbag kind of a thing right (laughs) where like because because podcasts that have listeners those listeners write in sometimes with questions and they get answered and that sort of thing so just to pretend like we were one of those guys (laughs) uh but we did have someone write to us and say hey someone i know wrote this paper in defense of annihilationism not persuaded but i'm curious to know your thoughts on it Mm -hmm. um and so so it's it's when we say that this is a discussion out there like even before we came to it in the catechism, it had been brought to us. Yeah. Uh, so it it is a thing. The guy who wrote the paper, I have no reason to believe, doesn't hold to an authority of scripture. The way the the paper is written. Yeah. It seems to be that way. Um, Clark Pinnock was a 
a proponent of annihilationism, mm. but also denied the authority of scripture. Um, so I, I don't see it as just sort of like, oh, well, they're all the same, right? Because right. I would not put Pennock and Stott in the same boat. They're not. F.F. Uh, F. Bruce, this, this is Stott's favorite thing to do. John Stott wrote a letter of argumentation once for annihilationism to F.F. F. Bruce, who is kind of the pastor's pastor, mm-hmm. theologian of the 70s, uh, 60s, 70s, 80s kind of a thing. He's written some great commentaries. Yeah, he, he was the Donald Carson of their time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Donald, Car- or, uh, Donald Carson's response, that was dangerous. F.F. F. Bruce's response was, John, I don't think that these things can be known in that. I don't agree, but I don't think these things can be known in that detail. Right. And that F.F. Bruce said, I can't prove you wrong in a way that I would say quantifiably without question, you're entirely wrong, is his way of saying. So do you think there's a chance? (laughs) So what you're saying is there's a chance. Um, and, and I think that's as far as I would go with it as well. Mm. In that paper, you read a really interesting line to me where he was talking about revising the statement of faith for the Church of God. Right, yeah. And the statement of faith explicitly says eternal conscious punishment, which is also what the Memorial Baptist Church statement of faith says. Mm, that it is. I can sign that. I got no problem signing that. Um, obviously, I'm here. <laughs> His recommendation was a little different. Yeah, wh- what he recommended was to use the phrase eternal punishment. Right. Which is actually the biblical phrase yep. used to describe yep. um, the punishment of the unrighteous in hell. Eternal punishment. Um, being that... We're trying to, um, you know, build our our statement of faith off of the scriptural evidence uh, using scriptural language. I, I actually thought it was a, a reasonable a reasonable request. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where when you first see it, you draw back. Yeah, and you're, you're like, like, why, why, why? yeah, why? And, and I I think that's always going to be the question asked by the Orthodox. Mm-hmm the holder to the orthodox position. Mm-hmm. Why is this such a necessary thing? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like we've talked about earlier, there does feel like this sort of, that's too bad, and I don't want it to be so bad. Yeah. Um, or that that God is a mean God. That God is too mean for my, for my taste. Right, which would presume that hell as an eternal conscious punishment is unjust right um i i have known annihilationists personally who would say that they believe the absence of being is worse and so they feel like they're raising the bar interesting um which i found interesting and 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 maybe just from my own heart's position, I found inconsistent with some other things that they were saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> because oftentimes it feels like a softening. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't I can't just presume a person's heart onto their argumentation yeah. unless they reveal that in their argumentation. Yeah. And like right. I I have to confess too, like when first coming face with this perspective, 
um, and, and not agreeing with it and still not agreeing with it. But my inclination, my natural inclination was to come hard against it mm-hmm. uh, because unfortunately, oftentimes there are certain theological tendencies that not always, but tend to kind of come in package deals. Right. So oftentimes, but not always, right? We've just mentioned John Stott, but oftentimes people who hold to, you know, what, what I would maybe call a softer view of, of hell also hold to a series of other theological positions that are concerning. Right. So the J.C. Ryle. Right. Right. J.C. Ryle gets a little carried away and runs with this. Yeah. He's like, just he like just grabs he, it and takes off. He's like, if you're going to deny the doctrine of hell, there's no other doctrine that's safe. You might as well throw your Bible away now. There's and no hell. There's no God. So. You, yeah. If, there, if you don't believe in <laughs> eternal conscious punishment, then you you're only one step away from believing God doesn't exist. Uh, again, holiness by J.C. Ryle is a must read. For every Christian, mm-hmm. I I can't go over there with him. Yeah. I think he got a little he got a little excited, <laughs> uh, but but the idea of rewriting that I I think puts it in in fellowship with what this says here. Mm. Um, now, am I am I supposing here that I think we should rewrite the statement of faith for Memorial Baptist Church? No, no, but I I am. I am being open to the idea of saying if a person reads eternal conscious punishment versus annihilationism, is it, we already agreed, not primary, mm-hmm. is it secondary? Can they attend a church with people who hold to eternal conscious punishment I, and, and in fellowship, or is it tertiary? This is thin ice, by the way. I think so. Here's the, he, yeah. This is thin ice, and I could get myself in trouble. But I'm going to. That's gonna why tr- I presented it to you. I know. I'm yeah. going to try to answer it. So let's also acknowledge that there are different flavors of annihilationism. Sure. Um, there are those that are just like, yeah, you just cease to be, and that's it. There's mm-hmm. no real like punishment. There's no like justice served. Right. Um, most annihilationists are more along the lines of, no, there is torment there is punishment there is and it is conscious but that does have a point where one is ultimately destroyed mm-hmm. um for someone who kind of holds that view um i don't think that should be an obstacle to becoming a member of a church i think it's a tertiary thing it's a thing that i would disagree with people on um i mean ultimately it falls into the realm of eschatology Mm-hmm. And generally, we would affirm that apart from very key and core factors, like the return of Christ and the bodily resurrection, as far as the the nitty gritty details of how that plays out, that that is the kind of thing that people at the same church can differ on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd put it, I'd put it there. But just being completely honest and transparent, if someone was like, "Yeah, that's my take on hell." I'd be like, oh, interesting. I have some questions about what your view on the authority of Scripture is, and I have some some questions. About yeah, what there are a thought. lot of qualifying factors that come with there that. There would just be there would just be other questions that I'd be curious to ask, just because, in my own mind, and maybe this is unfair, but I would see it as, if not a red flag, maybe a yellow flag. 
An orange flag. An orange flag. I don't know. <laughs> a reddish, a reddish maybe, orange flag. Maybe that's not fair. That's just because, again, because of most of the people that I have come across with who in my own personal life who have ascribed to this have tended to go down particular paths. I, it's hard for me to divorce that experience from um, from how I would interact with that person. Yeah, and, and I would agree entirely with that. If, if someone if someone wanted to become a member of this church and their only hang-up, mm-hmm. the only point of discussion was whether or not eternal and conscious were necessary. I, I'm sorry. Conscious punishment was necessary in the eternal punishment of hell Mm. i would have a hard time opening scripture and saying 100 percent, this is where you're off and could not fellowship with our church in any understanding of the gospel otherwise Mm -hmm. you know what i think it would would be tough you know things gonna happen that we might get some emails where people will say well, what about this verse and that verse? And then you and I are going to be forced to defend the annihilationist position that we don't agree with. <laughs> no, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. To which point, I would just say, just, uh, just don't. there's there's an interesting book called Four Views on the Doctrine of Hell. Mm. Um, maybe I would just say, read I agree with you. You can read this. Yeah. Right. Like, there has to be a boundary. There has to be boundaries drawn by which we are able to say, I agree with this, it's firm, I'm planted, this is my decision. Mm -hmm. Yet, I can understand where your position comes from, although I don't agree. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't divide us. Yeah, We We can't can't divide on on every hill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I, I get a feeling... I hope people aren't walking from away from this more confused they came in. I feel like they might, but yeah. <laughs> if you if you feel the need to email, yes, please do. Do it. Yeah. Ask your questions. You. Call if you're local. You can come by the church and we'll sit down and talk about it mm-hmm. um, over a cup of coffee if there's any left. <laughs> I haven't got to it all first, <laughs> but I would also say we do so graciously. Mm-hmm. For the sober mind, mm-hmm. quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Mm-hmm. Um, we d- we divide where Scripture calls us to divide. We're gracious where Scripture allows us to be gracious. Um, and I'd leave it at that. Yeah. So am I a proponent of annihilationism? No. Yeah. I've written papers against it. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think, when I think particularly about one brother in Christ that I know who is an annihilationist? Do I believe him to be less than saved? No. Mm-hmm. Would I bring him into membership of the church? Technically, I couldn't because he couldn't sign the church's statement of faith. Yeah. Um, would I see that as a stumbling block for an otherwise very helpful brother who agrees on major tenets? Yeah, it's it's a sticky thing. Sure. It's a sticky thing, um, and I'm not going to pretend like it's not. So, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada. It's produced by Alex Walker. Next time. See you later. <laughs>